You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Wow. Well, I'm excited to deliver this message. You know, I've been expecting. (laughs) I've been expecting this word for quite some time. And I just thought, you know, it's not me to give some little fluffy little ditty, you know. I'm not, uh, that's not who I am. I'm about, let's get down and let's find out what makes things work. Let's see how we can be uh, the, the best we can be, how we can speak to the motivation in each of us and, and the potential and draw it up and bring it to the surface. And so uh, that's what I'm about. I want to inspire you today. I want to help to motivate you and just to, to encourage you to enter into things deeply. And, you know, I was so blessed by Daniel, you know, my youngest uh, leading worship today, and the, the songs that he chose were just right on, just spot on with uh, what I want to share. So this message isn't just for women. It's not just for moms today. It's for every one of us just to be encouraged uh, to, to be pressing into the Lord. But with women, there are some really unique challenges to us in this day and age. So many distractions, cultural expectations, complicated relationships, and disjointed family lifestyles. My husband worked almost 40 years in the oil patch and and, uh, and shift work. It's a whole different lifestyle, right? And uh, so sometimes when your husbands are away or something's going on and you're, you're separated, you know, or work has separated you, it brings in new challenges for you to work out as, in your relationship. And so there's no, so many things that have changed. Even just in recent years, the, the values in our culture have shifted dramatically. And so as women, we need to really connect with our identity in the Lord to be successful, to be the women of God that God has called us to be. And so in saying that, I have a little, uh, little story I want to share with you just to open up because I'm going to refer to it different times during the message. And it's about a fellow that was a wood carver. And he was quite a competitive guy. And he thought, you know, I am going to challenge my buddy to see how much wood we can chop in a day. And uh, so he, you know, said, will you join me in this, you know? Hey, there's going to be a prize at the end of this. And, and the guy said, yeah, I'm up for that. And so away they go. They, so they start their wood chopping in the day and, and chopping and chopping and chopping. And the guy would glance over, you know, the challenger would glance over, look at his buddy. And he'd be sitting around and resting. And he thought, what? And he's just busy. He'd just barely take a gulp of water and, and, you know, wolf down some food just real quick, you know, and busy, diligent, working hard, getting that wood chopped. But his buddy, every time he glanced over, his buddy just seemed to be sitting around. He couldn't figure this out. At the end of the day, they measured their, their stack of wood. Well, guess what? His buddy is the one that had the, the most wood chopped. And he couldn't figure that out. He was really annoyed. He said, how could this be possible? Every time I looked at you, you were just sitting around resting. And his fellow, the, the other fellow said, well, yeah, but what you didn't notice, that I was sharpening my axe every time I rested. Hmm. Wonder what that would be about. Being more effective. 
What are the tools that God has given us to be more effective in, our, in this day and age? For the challenges that we face as families, in a culture that is, 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 is a hostile openly towards Christianity, towards conservative values. Well, we need to be sharpening our axe. We need to take our rest in the Lord. Don't get me wrong, we need to take our rest in the Lord. But while we're resting, let's do the things that we need to do to sharpen ourselves up, to get really connected with the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come on to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so he's talking about when you're resting and sitting in at his feet. You know, you don't just be acquainted with the Lord. He isn't just something you add to your week, and so therefore you're here on Sunday mornings. You need to enter into a connection with the Lord where he is your, he's your life. He is your lifeblood. He's your source. He's the one that you run to. He's the one that comforts you. He's the one that speaks into you. He's the one that delivers you, brings healing, brings life to you, and purpose. Stirs up the calling of God and the gifts inside of you. He's the one that you not just want to connect, but you want to live life with. So when he said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, that means to enter into submission under, to be yoked with him. So his will, your will, should be turned over to him so he controls your life. Kind of like Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about. Acknowledging his lordship. Now, to rest means to come under his gracing. A grace isn't just, uh, you know, a cute little word. That's one of my middle names, <laughs> grace. But uh, it's to enter into the equipping of the Lord. He has an equipping and an enablement that comes to you when you enter into that grace and under that grace. So in other words, he's got tools for you to help you succeed in everything in life. As a woman, we need to enter into God's rest on a regular basis. There are so many things that pull on us in a day. We're busy, and we are always multitasking, always trying to accommodate everything and everyone. And sometimes we can run out of gas. We run out of steam. I've lived that like a treadmill, constantly and constantly running around. Even the men can relate to that, right? Just... You get up, it's the same old, same old, just always, always. There's just all these things that are pulling, pressures of the world, pressures of, of, of responsibilities, just pulling on you, and, 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 and it's hard to just carry through in your own ability. And he's not called you to do that. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. Don't try to be the super mom, to be everything that you think you should be. You know, social media is cruel. I'm not even on social media, and I know it's cruel, because I hear the girls around me. It's frustrating. 
It's hard to compete with that. The Facebook and the, you know, like everything and, and the trends, the cultural trends that are out there. They're pressures on women. And we're bad for, for wanting, uh, you know, like it's, sometimes we, we are comparing ourselves all the time. You know, if a couple guys, you've probably heard this before, when a couple guys go to an event and they're wearing the same shirt, they go, hey, right on, give me five, woo, you know? If two women show up at the same event wearing the, you know, with the, the same outfit, well, now we got, pro you know, how is she wearing that, you know? You know, well, her nails could be a little different color and, you know, it's bad. Women have a problem sometimes in comparing why do we need those pressures? God wants us to release those things to him. And we need to really take our rest in the Lord, get that opportunity to get connected with him, experience him on a one-to-one -one basis. How do you do that when you have such a busy lifestyle? You've got to take snippets of time, snippets of time. You know, when I'm driving in the car, I'm praying. I'm worshiping. I'm telling God how good he is. I'm telling my father, you are wonderful. I'm so blessed to be your daughter. I'm so blessed that you have found me. You rescued me from my life. Like Mike, you know, I never had the drugs and the alcohol, but I tell you, I had a world of hurt growing up. And you know what? You have to overcome. You have to challenge that. You can't let that past define your future and the future generations. And I'll be hitting on that a little while longer. Snippets of time. Maybe it's just when you go into Walmart to shop. Park in the back parking lot. Walk. It's good for steps. <laughs> good for exercise, you know. But use that time to pray in the spirit. Talk to your daddy. Use that extra time. Take snippets of time. And then you will feel like you're, oh, like, I've got to get alone with God. I've got to get along with God. And then you feel bad and you feel you beat yourself up because you just never can. And at the end of the day, you are spent. You have no energy left. You're tired. You've had a lot of things go on. And you're laying in bed and you just, oh, I just needed to talk to you. But I just, and then you're snoozing, right? If you stay connected all day long, being totally God conscious, aware that he is present at all times. Being aware that he is so alive in you, you don't even recognize. You've got to come to know that you are spirit first. You are spirit man first, and then you're human second. That's sharpening your axe. That's taking every opportunity you can, even if it's just a little snippet, to be able to sharpen your axe, to be able to, to experience the Lord. You know, prayer is not a monologue. It's not a one of, oh, Lord, duh, you know, I wish this and I wish that, you know. And he's not a slot machine where you put in a coin and pull the lever. And then, oh, up pops your, you know, your, your uh, answer to prayer, you know. It's a dialogue with Holy Spirit. Go up to the mountain like Moses. Come face to face with the Lord. Oops, I'm going to have to have those lights back. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the lights. They went out. I need the lights up. Yeah, 
thank you. I'm going to look really pretty on my page, but I couldn't read a thing. <laughs> okay. Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Give your passion to the Lord first. And all things are going to straighten out. They're going to come. They're going to work out. They're going to work out together. You know, we need to enter into the rest of the Lord, come up underneath his feathers, his wings, as uh, Psalm 91 says, enter in underneath his protection, and just experience when his presence comes, his anointing comes on you. You know, to anoint means to rub oil into something, to anoint it. And I think about little ducks. I really like ducks. I really think they're cute, and I, I love watching them. And, and you know, they're always, you know, scratching back there and doing that. They don't have fleas. <laughs> They've got glands in the back by their tail, and it's an oil gland. And so what they're doing is it's taking their beak and they're stirring up the oil in that gland, and then they're spreading it in amongst their feathers. And the purpose of that is because they're creating an oil barrier so that their feathers will not saturate the moisture, the, the water, so that they're not going to get waterlogged and they're not going to sink. And so in this day and age, we really need to stir up the anointing in our lives, the oil of joy. We need to stir up the anointing of God in our lives so that when the storms of life come, we're not going to sink. We're not going to fail. We're going to ride the wave. We're going to come through. Philippians 4, 13. And this is a favorite of mine because I used to share it with my kids. I used to have them quote scripture before they went out the door. You know, to help them in their day. Get the word of God down on the inside of them. Get it in there solid. And especially my son, Michael, you know. <laughs> he, he really hated school. <laughs> and he had, he had some learning challenges when he was young. I mean, he's overcome that now. My goodness, if you saw and, and, and heard the things he's done. But, you know, he had challenges when he was a kid. And so every day he'd go off to school, and I'd have to quote the scripture with him, and then he'd come home for lunch, and then it was again, you know, I had to, okay, you are going back. <laughs> You're not staying. You don't have a tummy ache. No, you are going back to school. And he had to get this word on this side of him. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ. Now, how, how many know that Christ isn't Jesus' last name? <laughs> Christ means the anointed one. So it's saying, I can do all things through the anointed one who strengthens me. That word actually in the original Greek means gives me the ability. Anoints. So I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, who strengthened, anoints, and gives me the ability. Holy Spirit knows the keys to unlocking your children's future. He has the answer to every problem. He has, he has the, uh, the uh, wisdom that you need for every bit of of every type of decision, every type of situation you're going to encounter. 
Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, in the fullness of time, you will reap if you faint not. Don't give up. And you know that it's so easy just to say, you know what, I, I'm done. I'm tired. This marriage is more than I bargained for. This is hard work. You know what, every relationship is hard work. And, you know, whether it's marriage, whether it's your relatives, whether it's, you know, situations in your home, you're tired of always having more, more month than money, your finances are a struggle, you know, whatever it is that is your challenge and your issue, when you rest in the Lord, take that time to connect with him, draw on Holy Spirit, get those answers, get that wisdom for those decisions, get, get the strategies, the heavenly strategies. You're not going to run out of gas. You're not going to be on your own steam trying to work through life on your own. Um, kind of like a, a radio, you know, you take a radio and you, you turn the dial to fine tune it. There's a frequency in the spirit and that Holy Spirit has for you to connect into. So fine tune all the distractions, all the things that want to pull at you in your time and fine tune to Holy Spirit and what he's saying. And you know, it's not about impressing other people or being in a competition about anything, being preoccupied with the latest stuff on Facebook. And <laughs> don't, let that, don't let that saturate your thinking and your time. Don't spend your energy on that. And quit making excuses for wrong choices. You're going to be wasting a lot of time and you're not going to gain any traction in this life. Allowing anxieties and worries and fears and, and so you made some mistakes and you start camping there. Don't do that. Galatians 5.16 in the New Living Translation says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So you're not going to fall into jealousies or quarrelings or sexual immorality, selfish ambitions, division and dissension. Always recognize that the choices that you make today affect generations to come and affects the people around you. There are always going to be consequences to, ma to no matter what choices you make in life. They may be good and positive, or they may be negative. Something we want to do is take the time to communicate, especially with our children. You know, um, we have to put down those electronic devices. You know, I've been in restaurants and I've seen grandparents take their grandkids out for dinner. And my husband and, and I have witnessed this. And the kids are sitting there on their devices the entire time that the grandmother is sitting there looking around the room, waiting for the food to come, and there's been no exchange at all. And it's so vitally important that we have that time to communicate. Maybe when you get in the car, don't put the movie on. Have that time with your kids. Talk to them. Or the family meal. 
That's so vitally important. When they come home from school and the meal is set and you're sitting down, this is a time to really engage in relationship with them, getting to know your children, hearing their heart. It's a time to be present in the moment, not about being present. Did you hear what I said? Be present in the moment, not just be taking up that space in that period of time. How can we impact the future generations? Well, usually it's said it's by legacy. You're going to release an inheritance. You're going to pass down gifts, stories, your birthright. Give a gift of your time and your passion. We don't want to give a legacy of, oh, you know, and especially women, we're emotional beings. So we have emotions all the time, and they're up and they're down, and they're up and they're down, you know, and they can be triggered just like that. And that's not the legacy we want to leave our kids. That's not the best we want to give them. But it's what we've done or not done that passes through time. Kids watch and study and see how we live. They're studying to see our passion, our character, and our conviction. How we've lived is more important than our achievements. Because basically our achievements are what gives us accolades in this life, in the earth. But as godly and spiritual investment and achievement is what brings honor to our Heavenly Father. And it's everlasting. We should purpose to make an effect on others, to make a difference, to say there's something important I need to deliver, not only in this life, but in the family to come. You know, the family will never meet the generations to come. I'm in my 60s, and I really think about that now. When I was in my 20s and my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, you don't think about that. You just think that, you know, you've got all the time in the world. But you know, when you start getting in this age group, you start thinking, I've got so many years of real good, strong energy. How am I going to invest my time, my talents, my efforts? What am I going to do? What I want written on my tombstone what is it that they're going to say who she was? What was she about? And for the great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren and those that I'll never, ever meet, what will they know about Grammy Watt? <laughs> As my grandkids call me. What will they know? What will they realize happened in this generation we need to be inspired to be our best, to, to call up the potential in us, not get bogged down with every single detail of life. Because you know what? It's, it's only for a season. 
strong women who, who know their purpose and destiny, strong women who can discern times and seasons that are activated and unified make the biggest impact in future generations. Some of us, as Pastor Mark was saying, some of us have birthed natural children. Some will birth spiritual children. We all can mentor. And some will birth dreams that will break open solutions and answers to the world's problems. So that's the beauty of what God has created in women. To bring to birth, to bring to life things. You know, I think, about, um, I think about Hannah. Hannah in the Old Testament, she lived in a, in a, in a time where there was a drought, a spiritual drought. And, uh, and the Israelites had not heard from God, and there was no strong leaders. And, and uh, um, she herself was struggling because she was in a season of barrenness, which was considered really uh, a curse on a woman not to be able to have a, a child. And, and she was just desperate for a miracle, for God to break through in her life. And she pressed through to God, and he heard her cry, and he brought a movement to pass through her. It was the prophetic movement that came to the earth through her son, Samuel, that united God back to fellowship with his people. You know, uh, as women, with our emotional, uh, you know, our emotions and our hormones and everything like that, there are things that we just, sometimes we're just good, and then other times it's not so good. And uh, we choose different paths. Sometimes it's a path of victory. We'll find that path and we'll ride that path. We love it. But then there's another time where we'll find a different path, a, a dark despair, and we'll travel that one for a while. And then there's always the well-traveled road of self-pity <laughs> that we find ourselves on. We, wanna, we want to press through and find the light in every situation that we are in. And there are cycles and seasons in the natural realm as well as the spiritual realm. Each only lasts for a time. They're not forever. Seasons have a beginning and they have an ending with good times and bad. You need this strength to endure each season for whatever time it may last. And how do you gain the strength, the endurance? How do you hang on? How do you push through? Unless you have a source greater than your own. Unless you can connect with Father God, with Holy Spirit, and just, and just press into him, draw that strength from him. Come to know who you are. That was the biggest challenge for me you know, as a young woman, I came to know the Lord when uh, Dwayne and I were just a few years married. 
But I was in a desperate situation of my life. And uh, I had no clue who I was. Uh, what I did realize of myself, I didn't like it. I had a hard time looking in the mirror. I didn't accept myself. I had so many things that had come on my life that just spoke to, to me as being unworthy, not valued, rejected. And so I, I believed that lie. That became my identity. I was a very insecure person. I was quite shy. And, and it wasn't until later in years I got quite opinionated, but I realized that's just who I am. It was a road of discovery. And if it wasn't for that relationship with the Lord, he's the one that knows me better than anybody else. And it's the same with you. You really don't know who you are until you spend time with him. And then he shows you really your heart. He shows you the areas that mm, he wants to tweak. He says, you know what? You've been messing around with this too much. You know it's time to give it up. You know that this is really not your, in your best interest for you to have your meltdowns and have your little whatevers. <laughs> you know, we want to be present. We want to live with purpose and passion and model that before our children. You know, I wasn't a perfect mom, trust me. Because in those early years especially, I was going through the rockiest times because the Lord was bringing me through a journey of healing and deliverance. And, uh, and I, well, you, you model what's, I mean, like you, you, you end up doing the things that you see modeled, right? And I came from a long line of yellers, <laughs> like old yeller, old yellers. <laughs> and so when I would discipline my kids, I first would start with screaming, you know? You're getting their attention. You think you're showing your authority. You're, you know, I'm boss now. And, and it was tough because my husband worked shift work. I had to be mom and dad. I had to be good cop, bad cop. Well, I was mostly bad cop. But no, actually, when I put them to bed at night, we always did Bible stories. And I, we would act it out. We'd take whatever story we're doing, we'd act it out. And I was good cop then. But, ah, gosh, I had three strong-willed children. And... And I was doing it on my own, or so it felt. It's kind of rough in those years. And I didn't always make the right choices in handling the situations with my children. And sometimes I would yell, and sometimes I'd just get frustrated, and I would just, you know, and, you know, and I'd just be so agitated, and, you know. But I learned that I wanted to be real for my kids. And I wasn't going to be someone that was some person on Sunday and a different person during the week. So when I'd finally give my head a shake and say, you know, okay, mommy's really sorry. Gather the kids. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not that you didn't deserve that spanking, but, you know, I could have done it differently. I shouldn't have been angry. And uh, so right there, I'd say to the kids, you know what? Mommy didn't mean to handle it this way. I'm sorry, kids. Will you forgive mommy? 
And then I would look up to the Lord right there and I'd say, Father, right in front of the kids, Father, would you forgive me? Because I really didn't handle that right. And I ask that you just heal and restore and let's just pick up and, and move on. I don't want to camp in this mistake, but I want to learn to do things differently. So it was a growing time when my kids were young. Of course, I'm different now with my grandkids. We all are. We're all, you know, I have white hair in <laughs> when this isn't colored. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and my grand lammies, you know, living life with them. It's, it's precious. But... Uh, I want to encourage you, when you spend time with the Lord, you come to discover yourself. Take those times to rest. Enjoy something that you like to do. You know, if you like to read and you get a little snippet of time to read, then, then really do yourself a favor and, and read something that's inspirational, something that will encourage you. Read the Word. Read, read testimony. Read something that can speak to your situation that can help you, to encourage you, to push you forward, to make you uh, uh, live with better choices. You know, don't take your rest and waste it. Be wise about that time that you spend refreshing yourself and, and, and coming to know the Lord better. You know, don't get so absorbed and in, in the cultural norms and things and social media. Women of God, <clears throat> the answers to your prayers are on their way. Resist discouragement. Press in and resist the setbacks and the failures. All those lies that are always feeding you and wanting to ha uh, draw you into the emotion of the situation. If you draw from the spirit, man, you're going to have resilience and endurance. You're going to have staying power, standing power. Draw on your source. Declare the high praises of God in your mouth with praises and thanksgiving. A thankful heart can go a long way in the midst of trouble. You know, I thought about this when I was writing the notes, and, and then I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But I, I, I just popped back in my head, and I'm going to say, you know, there were times in our marriage, you know, we've married, we'll be married 45 years this year, and uh, there were times where we really struggled in our relationship. And Dwayne just didn't get me. You know, and he didn't have the same background that I had. So he had a hard time relating to some things. <laughs> He's a laid-back guy. He's just like, you know, he doesn't... He's perfect for me because I'm intense. <laughs> We're quite opposite. God's got a sense of humor when he brings you together. We didn't even know him in those days. <laughs> but, you know, I... I would just get so frustrated because I didn't understand him and he didn't understand me and, and we would have our fights and we would have, you know, our arguments and I'd go stormy out and I'm not sleeping in the same bed. Yeah. He never left the bed, I want you to know. He never, <laughs> never left the bed. I always got the couch, right? <laughs> and uh, I have no idea, Holy Spirit, why you're doing this. <laughs> but... Um, 
I learned that if I just would put those emotions, those feelings, journal them, put them to paper, then I wouldn't be so explosive until the Lord got a hold of that area of my life and brought it into order, into alignment. So I'd write, and I'd write, and I'd write, and I'd write. Oh, man, I'd pour it all out. And I'm sending this to Gloria Copeland, because she would understand. You know? I'm sending this ministry. <laughs> you know? Write it all out. And by the time, you know, we are in the morning, I'm getting tired, and it's been a long list <laughs> of grievances and whinings. <laughs> then the Spirit of God would say, okay, now what are you thankful for about your husband? about your marriage. What are you grateful for? Thankfulness goes a long way. I start writing down that. And I just cry out, God, you're so good. You're turning this situation around. We can make it one more day, one more week, <laughs> one more month. We can do it. And 45 years later, and a few of those earlier years that we were together just dating, God is good, and he's faithful, and you can trust him in every situation. Words are a powerful thing. And so had I spoken those words out towards him, that is setting power to something in the spirit world. Words are powerful and we need to watch what comes out of our mouth, what we're reinforcing with our mouth. Is it fear-based? Is it insecurity-based? Is it anxiety-based? Is it just frustration and anger and hatred-based? Because those words go out. You know, the Bible says that, that life and death are in the power of our tongue. And we will live the fruit of it. So whether it's with your children or, or your spouse or your relationships or your coworkers, you know, watch what you want to say. And I know some people say, well, I am going to tell them a piece of my mind. <laughs> you really don't want to do that because you're igniting something in the spirit realm. Words are living things. You know, my husband is really close with his grandma, Watt. Beautiful woman, beautiful woman. And... Uh, she always talked about, you know, different things and, and, and gave advice. And she never had an education, but she was a beautiful person. And she spoke such wise words. And, you know, Dwayne still recalls those stories and re reminisces about that wisdom. And it'll continue to be passed down from generation to generation. So she hasn't been with us for many, many years. But, you know, those little words live on. And the enemy also was aware of the power of words. And you should be aware, because if you have connected with the Lord, then you would have had to have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you would be saved. So that's the very thing that was a prerequisite for you to be connected with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus and Holy Spirit. Words are powerful. I used to do, in kids' ministry... I used to do a little, uh, a little object lesson, and I'd take a tube of toothpaste, and I'd take the lid off, and I'd squeeze it into the plate, and all the kids, oh, you know, and I said, I, I need a helper, I need a helper, and oh, I want to help Mrs. Watt, and they come running up, and, and I said, now, 
I got something special for you to do. Can you put that toothpaste back in that tube? <laughs> Not likely. So words are like that. Once they come from you, and especially with the power of God behind them, you can't take them back. The only hope you have is to pray that the seeds that you sowed are not going to bring forth a harvest. Speak crop failure to those words, because we do slip up and say things we shouldn't. Repent, and then speak crop failure to that so it doesn't spring up in your family's life or in, in, in your workplace or whatever. I'm going to close now with, with um, you know, when we're running a race, and that's what we are in this, in this walk. It's a journey, and it's a race that we're running. Uh, a wise runner will streamline his body. He'll uh, buy special clothing so he can gain, you know, that extra time and, and uh, so that he can, he sheds the excess weight so he can run as fast and efficiently, uh, with efficiency and endurance. And so, you know, when we take our rest in the Lord, when we sharpen our axe, when we use the tools in our tool belt, when we praise the Lord, when we have a thankful heart, when we're staying connected and praying in the Holy Spirit, we are, we are uh, setting a course of, of endurance for the journey that we have, the race that we are in. So choose your time wisely. Take your rest wisely. Regroup. Reconnect with the Lord. Walk in grace, women. Walk in the grace that God has given, women. You're not just a female. You have the high calling of God on you. He values you. Romans 13, 11 to 14, to clothe yourself in the Lord. As you become a confident, strong capable, intelligent woman of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. He will, he will cause you to, to grow and develop and carry through the vision he has called for you and your family. The journey will not be on your own. He'll be right there with you to encourage you, to strengthen you, and give you downloads of of, of of the information you need. You know, when my children uh, were, were uh, young and my husband was working away from home, and if there was a time where I was at home, maybe they're at school and I wasn't there with them because I helped a lot in the school, I would take that opportunity to lay hands on their beds, on their pillows, and I would just saturate and speak into existence those things were, which were not yet. I would make declarations over my children. I would pray the life of God. I would pray protection. And I would get prophetic words from God, revelation from the Spirit of God on their future. And I would call forth their destiny. And I did that for my husband as well. You know, take opportunities to speak life and it's not just about you. The decisions you make each and every day don't just affect you. Society says, oh, you're not hurting anybody if you do this or you do that or make it your own choices or whatever. Oh, yes, it does. It does. It makes a difference. So make the wisest choices you can. 
and that's by staying plugged in with the Lord and coming to know who you are, your identity, and experiencing his refreshing, his strengthening, and bring to fruition what he has asked you to do in this life. And I bless you. I bless you, and, and, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.